Well, first, uh, I would like to thank Mohidin uh, in uh, Arabic society. It's working then? I, I would like first also to apologize for my quite bad English, but uh, I'm sure that uh, we will get an exchange between us. Uh, when I was asked uh, to talk about this topic, and I chose to speak uh, of spiritual realization, tahqiq, through daily awakening, uh, uh, I wonder if I have to have a, an academic talk, or a rather academic, or a rather personal talk. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> so uh, by precaution, I choose to have both, uh, to mix both levels, but uh, starting from serious grants, I mean from uh, uh, references in ancient and contemporary uh, uh, Sufi authors, and of course, uh, 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 um, uh, while uh, relying on Ibn Arabi. And at first, uh, I, want, uh, I want to say also that I, at first that uh, I didn't uh, want or I didn't dare to, uh, to quote a lot, a lot Ibn Arabi because there is a very big specialist uh, here. But in fact, of course, Ibn Arabi is unavoidable. Uh, so I, uh, I have uh, uh, to not to avoid him, and uh, you will see I, I quote rather uh, a lot. Uh, usually, uh, when I speak in French or in Arabic, uh, I don't like to read a, a text. But uh, as uh, while I'm not so at ease in English, so I prefer to keep close to the text. <laughs> So I first focused my, my research on the occurrences and uses of the Arabic word tahqiq or tahakkuk. But no need to say that my investigation is not exhaustive, of course. When we looked through the Islamic literature, we noticed that during the first centuries, the word tahqiq does not appear in Sufi literature in particular. Indeed, we find that this word was much more used by the authors of Arabic philology, like Sibawe, or Islamic philosophy, or theosophy, falsafa, like the Brethren of Purity, Ikhwan al-Safa, Avicenna, or Ibn Tufayl. In these fields, of course, the aim, followed by Tahqaiq, was rather about the wisdom that human beings may tend to acquire during their life through the enlightenment of the intellect, al-aqla. So it's a quite rather different uh, approach uh, uh, than the, the Sufi approach. It seems that first Sufis didn't speak of a tahqiq because they were actually living it. 
if, if we look in the early sources, in the early uh, books on Sufism, there is not a lot in this, in this world, Tahqiq or Tahakuk, is not, uh, are not very present. And so we can, we can, uh, we can uh, appreciate and we can consider that, that these Sufis, these early Sufis, were living these two di divine names, Yahak, Yamubin, or real or evident as a divinance. And we know how much the Sufi discourse of the first period was economical, aiming at going straight to the essential and thus uh, reduced to, his, to its simplest <coughs> form. And sometimes the meaning is here, the meaning of tahqiq or tahakuk is here, but with a different world. It was something very fluid at the, beginning, at, at the beginnings of Sufism. But it, it's a case for other Sufi topics Al-Junaid, who died uh, in uh, 911, uh, on, who is called the leader of the Sufis, Sayyid al-Ta'ifa. Al-Junaid, from Baghdad, acts as a pioneer for the followers like Al-Ghazali or Ibn Arabi. We know, for instance, this famous phrase, <clears throat> I have achieved a tahqiq by staying in the presence of God for 30 years under, under these stairs. And he meant, he meant the stairs of his house. A tahqiq as the realization of the real. Of course, uh, our friend uh, Hamid, uh, uh, Wahid, uh, 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 um, I just realized that we have a lot of connection. So it's fine. Uh, spiritual uh, realization implies that you investigate all the levels of reality, al-haqiqa, from the highest to the humblest, or from the humblest to the highest, as reported in this Quranic verse, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحْيِي أَنْ يَدْرُبَ مَثَلًا, يدرب مثلا مَا بَعُودَةً أَوْ مَا فَوْكَ ذَلِكَ in, in, it is a verse 2, 20, uh, 26. Indeed, God disdains not to use examples to teach humankind, not even that of a mosquito or anything higher. It means that you should verify the rightness of the wrongness from a, from a metaphysical point of view, not a moral one, of each thing or being that you should verify the reality or the unreality of each thing or being in the universal manifestation, so that you can give each thing or being is haq. Haq, the word haq, uh, Arabic word, of course, this very dense word often used by the prophet himself, and which means, in the same time, truth, right, due, etc. Once again, the topic is not a moral one. As Ibn Arabi says in its rather amazing or strange chapter on knowledge of tahqiq, chapter 165 of the Futuhat, 
it's a matter of consciousness and lucidity. You are a muhakkik as long as you are aware of the metaphysical rightness of each level of reality, including being aware of the wrongness, al-khata or al-mukhalata, including the falseness, al-batil, as maybe, for instance, a marriage, a sarab, and Ibn Arabi quotes, uh, starts from uh, a Quranic verse. Kasarabin bikaatin yahsabuhu al-dham'an ma'an from Surat al-Nur, uh, al-Light. Because all this, even al-Batil or a marriage, all these are in fact self-disclosures of al-Haq. These are tajalliyat. God shows to his creatures and bears to their mind what he wants. But here lies the complexity of Ibn Arabi teachings. Indeed, for the one who has, who has realized or verified the real, I quote uh, Ibn Arabi, there is absolutely no falseness, no bottle, no bottle in existence. And all existence is true, haq. Falseness is an allusion to nothingness, adam. This one, al-muhakkik, has gone uh, thus through the cosmic illusion. But who is concerned amongst us? Who is concerned? As far as the way Pharaoh, a Salik, uh, who follow uh, the Sufi path or Suluk, the way Pharaoh needs to start investigation from duality, because it's our human condition, from duality. Even if he has states, taste, evoke, from time to time, unicity. It's somehow a matter of spiritual politeness, adab, spiritual politeness or convention with God. I'm a human being, I've been uh, embodied uh, on the earth, so uh, uh, the divine wisdom uh, demands from me to, uh, to start from duality to reintegrate unicity. Furthermore, Sufi sheikh and saints <coughs> often expressed this ambiguity of spiritual re uh, realization that led them to perplexity, al-hayra, to the higher perplexity. This is why Sheikh Ahmed al-Alawi from Algeria and was dead uh, and who died in 1934 and you may know the, f the famous uh, book of Martin Lynx uh, about him. Even uh, so, Sheikh Ahmed al-Alawi commenting the prayer of the Prophet, I seek refuge beside you, against you. He affirms that the supreme aim of a tahqiq lies in this very sentence. Who 
This Quranic verse, or this part of a Quranic verse, is very uh, commented by Sufis, usually. He is, he is with you wherever you are. But usually this verse is interpreted by theologians as he is with you by his, his science. But on this issue, Amy Abdelkader al-Jazairi, and you know that uh, he is a big Akbarian uh, interpreter, uh, a big uh, interpreter of uh, uh, Ibn Arabi's thought or, or doctrine. So Amir Abdelkader quotes Ibn Arabi, stating that this interpretation is more suitable to exoteric conventions, adab. But the, the understanding, he is with you by his essence, the essence of God, of course, is more suitable to spiritual uh, realization, tahqiq. Formal adab commands that you should remain in a state of duality, while tahqiq demands that you are entirely immersed in unicity. Then, by metaphysical evidence, spiritual realization would consist in establishing that there is no real being, but the real being, al-wujud al-haq, which means God, of course. And what, and what is not the real is mere illusion, wahm. Without any compromise, Ibn Sabain, who died in 1270, Ibn Sabain goes further, expressing the same doctrine in terms of absolute unicity, al-wahda al-mutlaqa. And he was often saying, Allahu faqat, God only. It's the only, or the only real. And you, you saw, maybe you know that he, he changed uh, how, how he applied the, uh, the shahada, la ilaha illallah, into laysa illallah. There is only good. Sheikh al-Alawi writes in a poem, uh, extract from uh, his diwan, seek for the, seek for the authentic real, al-haq al-haqiqi, Creatures are mere non-existence, Adam. There is only he by verification, tahqiq. We would know that illusion is generated by our own veiling and that we need personal awakening from this illusion. <coughs> Ibn, Arabi often, Ibn Arabi often quotes in this sense the famous saying attributed either to the Prophet or to Imam Ali, people are asleep and it's only once they die that they awake. Nonetheless, we have to assess awakening, to leave it in our heart, in our bones, and in our flesh, to quote many Sufi poems our teachings. This is the operative on introspective alchemy, which Al-Junaid refers to when he says that spiritual path 
is based on personal test or ordeal, el bala. You know, uh, 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 undertaking a spiritual path is not going to the Club Mediterranean, for instance. <laughs> uh, I said that because Cher Mustafa Valsan, Cher Michel Valsan, one of the great figures of the Akbarian studies in France, uh, was saying that to uh, his, uh, to his, uh, to his um, disciples. He said, Tarika is not a Mediterranean club. Tahqiq, <laughs> therefore, a dangerous path. Tahqiq is a dangerous path, and so may be reserved to spiritual heroes, which is named very often in Islamic tradition as Fatah al-Fatah. It's the reason why Ibn Arabi reserves the use of the term uh, very farce, and muhakkikun to the highest category of the friends of God and to himself. In the same way, he contrasts tahqiq with taqlid. Taqlid, it means servile imitation. As al-muqallid prefers to follow uh, the meanings of uh, al-taqlid, al-qallada, is mainly to follow. There are uh, other uh, uh, meanings, as it's often the case in Arabic language, but it's to follow, to follow someone's authority. So Al-Mukallid prefers to follow someone's authority rather than undertaking himself the great adventure of spiritual jihad. It's easier. However, the wayfarer, the Salik, uh, the wayfarer on, on the path, needs a spiritual guide in the process of tahqiq, someone who helps him to realize his own illusion and the radical illusion of the phenomenal world. But we should precise that the Sufi master has to be considered, first of all, as a mirror, as a mirror of oneself, rather than an external authority. And I think that it will be like that more and more in the forthcoming uh, period. Uh, at this stage, human consciousness should adopt practical methods like, it's very uh, uh, traditional in Sufism, like unveiling, as our brother uh, spoke about before, al-kashf, and as stressed, of course, by Ibn Arabi. Unveiling is very often associated to spiritual realization under the hand of, of uh, Ibn Arabi and other Sufis. That's why Sheikh Akbar uses the expression people of unveiling and realization. Ahl al-Kashf wa tahqiq Ibn Arabi also refers to the people, uh, to the people of unveiling and finding. Ahl al-Kashf the equation between tahqiq and wujud is absolutely uh, relevant, as the term wujud comes from the Arabic verb wajada, which means to find. Then you only realize what you have found as being. You can only realize that what you have found as being. Sheikh Al-Alawi expresses in a poem, 
that he found himself after a process. He doesn't name here tahqiq, but ikrar in Arabic. I was before the ikrar veiled from my being. I was before the ikrar veiled from my own being. You, the people of God, Ahlullah, were with me in the house, but I didn't know. It means that he found himself in his inner self, but he did, he did not know that he was here, for he did not give hitherto to himself his own spiritual due, or haq. From servanthood to freedom. Once we have realized in ourselves that everything is vain or false, batil, except he, we cannot do nothing but worship he. This is what they call abudiya, ontological submissiveness, submissiveness or servanthood. Likewise, the prophet Abraham in the Quran, we verify that we cannot worship what is evanescent. At this moment, we practice the simple and humble worship, abudiya, of the blameworthy, al-malamiya, according to, according to the Akbarian terminology. It means that the haqiqa, the ultimate reality, becomes for us transparent, diaphanous, translucent, in the sharia it, itself. So that gnosis should be understood as a complete obedience to sharia. In other words, as the Sulami says, sharia The realization in the divine law is the ultimate reality. The Sulami uh, died in 1021 and is considered, is considered as a spiritual translators, translator sorry, of the Malamiya. The realization in the, div, in, in the divine law is the ultimate Sheikh Khaled Ben Tunis, the current spiritual guide of the Tariqa Alawiya, and so inheritor of Sheikh uh, Ahmed Al Alawi, emphasizes that in Islamic teaching, Al Abudiya, servanthood, precedes a Nubuwa prophecy. For instance, in this Quranic verse, and recall our servants. Ibadana, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, people endowed with mighty faith and full insight. And, and we find the same thing in the, uh, uh, as a precedence of Al Abudiya upon the Nubuwa uh, in this well spread formula of the prayer and the Prophet. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad, Abdika wa Rasulika. Abdika wa Rasulika. Oh my God, pray on our Lord Muhammad, your servant and your messenger. So your servant comes before your messenger. Sheikh Ben Tunis noticed that this state of servant, Abd, may give the, I quote him, may give the impression to be reserved to an elite of initiates, given that it concerns 
the highest degree of spiritual realization. But he adds that this is regardless of divine mercy that makes it reachable for everyone. This in, in, inexhaustible energy, uh, always living uh, uh, and strong uh, energy, is like a heavy rain falling permanently and, and distinctly on every culture. Uh, realizing that only he is real and being, as it leads you to the pure and exclusive worship, sets you free at the same time. It sets you free. Uh, it liberates you from all illusions, from false idols. Former as modern idols may be your ego, of course, your nation, your religion, and ever your Sufism, <coughs> uh, your, uh, and, ever, and even the Sufi path. You know that uh, I think it's Shibli, Abu Bakr Shibli, who was saying that uh, the whole path, uh, the Sufi path, was Hila, a, div uh, a divine ruse. ruse. So, what's the solution? So, uh, uh, you have to be freed from, even from your Sufism, and even from your Tariqa, and I would say also even from your Inarabi, because for everyone, for each person, there is an, an Inarabi, you see. Or there is also an, a Rumi, everyone has his own. Or uh, uh, as a French, I would, I would say the same thing, about uh, Guénonians, uh, you know, uh, followers of, of René Guénon. Uh, there is there's a lot of Guénonian trans <coughs> in France, and that always uh, in, uh, in a friendly uh, <laughs> relationships. Uh, in, uh, no, I would uh, quote an ancient Sufi, <coughs> quoted by Sulami. In realization of worship lies perfect freedom, Horiya. In, re in realization of worship lies perfect freedom. According to El Junaid, the last station, Makam, of the Gnostic is spiritual freedom. Nowadays, Sheikh Ben Tunis, of course, I quote Sheikh Ben Tunis as a, as a contemporary as our contemporary share, but it, I, I could uh, quote others, but I know him better. It's uh, only a reason. Sheikh Bentones is in the same perspective when saying that Obodiyah is a station of the em emancipated ones. It embodies man freed from, from different forms of negative temptations, like power, money, honors, etc and spiritual power also, or, and uh, above, above all. And he, he adds, uh, this man cooperates with divine will. This man cooperates with divine will. Uh, it's quite uh, the discourse of, of, of Mohammed uh, Iqbal. You know, this. <clears throat> so power, money, honors. So, about this, let's talk a little about Abu Hamid al-Ghazali. 
he freed himself from, specul from speculative theology, from mundane reputation, and from influence of doubt by passing, by passing through an all-levels crisis during six, six months. This crisis led him to his own tahqiq on the Sufi path. <coughs> About this subject, I would like to say that everyone is particular because he is free. He was she, of course. So each spiritual uh, realization differs from the other. However that may be, people of God, Ahlullah, know each other, and their level of tahqiq doesn't concern us. From metaphysics to ethics, the two-eyed man. I said before that, that giving each thing or being is haq, is truth, is truth, right of, or due, does not imply a priori a moral consideration. Nonetheless, it's obvious that al-muhaqqiq, experimenting expansion of consciousness, as we say, is well aware of what is happening at every level of reality, social level, psychological, physical, and even political, and so and so, and geopolitical. We should not forget that the term al-haqiqa means truth or rightness as well as reality, as uh, you pointed out before. In his book, The, the Reflective Heart, James Morris stresses on the necessary interplay of spiritual uh, realization and right action. In Ibn Arabi's point of view, but the same assessment might be advanced for other Sufis, oh, some of them. This care for the due, the hack, of each creator, I mean each creator, not only human being, but from the dust uh, on the earth to the angels. And to, so this care for the due of each creator, of the, from the, for the stone, etc., etc., finds is its origin in the Mohammedan model, a Sunnah, for Muslim at the least. It stands out from several hadith, saying of the Prophet. And in this field, and in others, Ibn Arabi and Greek Sufis are undoubtedly Muhammad's heirs or inheritors. It's expressed in Arabic as al-warith al-Muhammadi. Indeed, the, the challenge of, uh, for the muhakkik is to see both the only real and unique, al-haq, and the multiplicity and complexity of creatures, khalq, al-haq, wal-khalq. As he embodies the universal mercy, rahma, this muhakkik uh, lives in himself every state of consciousness that the creatures live, from the best to the worst, from the truest to the falsest. Ibn Arabi says, what is meant by a tahqiq is a science of what each thing deserves, either non-existent or being, even to the falseness, e, the muhakkik, 
gives is right. It's right. Uh, but the verb deserves, uh, I translate the, the Arabic verb, yastahikku, yastahikku uh, which, uh, which derives from the same root uh, than the word al-haq. Uh, it means that every, every being, everything or every being, from the humblest, humblest to the highest, uh, as a hack, uh, as a as a as a right uh, to existence uh, and to uh, and to ontological uh, respect and to universal mercy. We know that the author of La Ta'if and Alam uh, is not Al Kashani, but a certain Ibn Tahir, and as Pablo Benito established, he is an unknown. Akbarian of the 13th, 14th century. But this Ibn Tahir devoted in his book an entry to a tahqiq where he writes that al-muhaqqiq should not be absorbed or immersed in God from creatures, from creatures, as well as he should not be veiled from God by creatures. Because, I quote Ibn Arabi, he would miss the real as much as it would, he would ignore the, creature, the creatures. Therefore, he says, the one who, who, uh, who realizes Sahib al-Tahqiq does not affirm the world as do the veiled person, Ahl al-Hijab, and he does not deny it, the world, as do those who are totally immersed in God. And we can notice that Al-Kashani, to who was first attributed the text, La Ta'if Al-Alam, describes the same reality. He says in this entry, neither Al-Muhaqqiq is veiled by the real, God, from creatures, nor by, nor by creatures from God. Sufis also express it, express it in the terms of the two-eyed man, Zul Ainain. With his right eye, or inner eye, he sees unicity. And with his left eye, or outside eye, he sees the phenomenal world in its multiplicity and complexity. Stabilized both in unicity and multiplicity, he has a view of reality in relief, in relief, with two eyes. An unifying view of reality, as the view of one, of, as the view of one eye does not hide the one of the other. It's known that Prophet Muhammad described Antichrist and Dajjal as being one-eyed. Of course, there is a lot of meanings in, the, in, in this saying, but uh, I cannot, of course, uh, go through. Uh, according to this perspective, at the least, one should, or what may, or Muslims, Muslims may follow the Mohammedan path to realize, uh, to, to realize this synthesis. In Sufi terminology, al-baqa, al-baqa means subsistence in God. So, uh, subsistence of human consciousness in God, 
while fully living in, in, in the world. Both. Huh? You are subsistent in God, but you completely are aware of what happened uh, or, or uh, of what you do in this world. Is it any different for, from the two-eyed man? We know that Sufis apply, apply this part of the following celebrating Hadith Qudsi to Al-Baqarah. It's the end, it's the end of a, this celebrated Hadith Qudsi. Then when I, God speak, God speaks, when, then when I love him, I am his hearing through which he hears, his hand through, through which he grabs, and his foot through which, uh, through which he walks. In the former station, the former station, the one of fana, annihilation, man could not see anyone else but God. In fana, man could not see anyone else but God. In the one of the baka, he sees him, he sees God in everything. This is, this is precisely what Ibn Arabi alludes to when he writes, for the one who owns this station, Sahib Hazal Makam, the, the real God should be his hearing, his sight, his hand, and his foot, and all the abilities provided to him. So he behaves only by haq, in haq, and for haq. I choose, personally, to not translate and to keep the Arabic word haq on purpose here. Ibn Arabi explains a little further this experience of universal consciousness, which leaves no place to ostracism, intolerance, prejudice, or any kind of judgment, judgment sorry, on others. And he says, he, al-Muhakkik, is the one who sees his, his Lord in every belief, in every essence, in every form. From metaphysics to ethics, or, or from tahakkuk to tahalluk, somehow. As he lets God acting in him as God wants, al-Muhakkik realizes his ontological submissiveness, or servanthood, or buddhiya, and he serves and he serves humankind at the same time. Immediacy of spiritual realization. We are talking now about the process of descendant realization according to the terminology of René Guénon. Descendant, there is before ascendant realization and after, of course, descendant realization. Uh, the French uh, uh, metaphysics uh, writer, René Guénon, who died in 1951. From then, so from metaphysics to practice and everyday life. Sufism, Sufism is not a philosophy, but a praxis. It's a gustation, a vogue. And in his chapter on the, on, on, on the science of Tahqaiq, uh, Ibn Arabi uses this term, vogue, testing. 
Manvaka Arafa, there is a well, famous uh, Sufi saying, Manvaka Arafa, only the one who tastes can know. We keep in mind ancient and modern debates within the Sufi milieu about whether is it possible or not to obtain spiritual uh, realization by merely reading the works of Ibn Arabi. I, I think it's still a debate. A Sheikh Al-Akbar, it's not provocative uh, from my son. <laughs> a Sheikh Al-Akbar himself points out that Gnosis, Ma'rifa, is an initiatory path. And he says, which can be actualized only through Amal. Amal, uh, it's a, a Sufi term. Amal, a practice. God-fearingness, God taqwa, and suluk, welfaring. This operative knowledge, <coughs> he says, which derives from a verified unveiling, which is not seized by darkening, is for him, for Ibn Arabi, obviously in contrast with mental reflection, another al-fikri. Uh, no wonder uh, in this. Since a tahqiq means, in fact, to realize the real, tahqiq al-haq, in, in oneself, it leads a priori to realize the real at each moment or each instant in every spatio-temporal context. For each instant testifies the presence of God, and each context testifies his will. Here we can see that Sufism is in phase with today's reality. His Sufism something else than trying to live each instant, al-waqt, in the divine presence, or at least in the spiritual presence, or in some spiritual presence. The aim of the Sufi is to be, as when known, the son of the instant, Ibn al-waqt. <clears throat> or, uh, there is a, another version, the son of his time, Ibn Waqti. It goes back to this Quranic allusion quoted before, each day he is upon some task. Without considering the past nor the future, the, real, the realized one observes the effect of divine presence in the here and now, whatever form may take this presence. The Hadith Qudsi warns us, Don't insult time, for God is time. For God is time. Thus, every time is a time of God. And the Trace, trace, trace of his wisdom. One current Sufi sheikh says that materialists materialist have, have, have realized that time is money. It's well known. Time is money. But Sufis haven't. Still no. Commenting on the Moroccan commenting on the Moroccan Sufi Ahmed ibn Ajiba, uh, Shazili. Uh, ibn Ajiba died 
uh, in uh, 1809. Jean-Louis Michon, a Swiss uh, Sufi author, Jean-Louis Michon remarks accurately that what may vary along the centuries is not, is not the content, the hakika, of doctrine of Sufism, but the way of, re of realizing it, tahqaiq, and explaining, and explaining it, ta'arif. These two modalities constitute the path or the spiritual method, the tariqa. Hence, the Sufi saying, according to which, reality, reality is one, but the ways of realization are many. I quote uh, a mission. Al-haqiqa wahida wa turut kathira. Reality is one, but the ways of realization are many. As a conclusion, I would say that there is a consciousness that immediacy or instantaneity is the trace of God's wisdom here and now. This, uh, this consciousness is no doubt a main source of, con of continuous awakening. Ibn Arabi's teaching that self-disclosure never repeats itself, la takra fitajalli, is particularly relevant in our time of computer revolution, of perpetual change, of uh, also an, uh, time acceleration, as, it was, as, as a prophet was speaking about this uh, also. Such a consciousness should lead us to more simplicity about our human experience of spiritual uh, realization. And it should lead, uh, lead us to more care of, pedag of pedagogy for others and to more humility. And that is precisely this humility that is the one of the blameworthy of the malaria. Thank you.